Welcome to the official podcast for Shepherd University Athletics, and we're coming at you with that big horn energy. It's time for Beyond the Horns. Let's go. Hello and welcome into episode 34 of Beyond the Horns. So happy you could join us this week. Uh, skipped a week last week, didn't have uh, much content that I could give out last week, so went ahead and, and skipped a week just to make sure that I was putting um, podcasts out that actually had some things to talk about. We do have a few things to talk about here this week on episode 34. The softball team was in action in the NCAA Division II Regional Tournament, the Atlantic Region. Want to talk about their time there. Want to do a quote of the week as always, um, and then want to talk just about a few stories as we wrap up the spring semester. Um, this will most likely be the final episode of Beyond the Horns for the 2020. 2021 athletic um, and academic year. Uh, we, you know, like I mentioned in past episodes, I might, you know, throw an interview here or there if I can find some time over the summer to sit down with a coach and, um, and, and you know, just put a, a, a random episode or two out. Um, but, you know, we plan to resume weekly uh, episodes when the fall gets here, maybe a few weeks, maybe in August sometime, you know, a few weeks before the football season gets going and the volleyball season and the soccer seasons kind of all get underway, all those fall sports. So we'll definitely want to do a, a round table or, or get together with those coaches to kind of preview what they have coming up um, in the fall to talk about their teams, etc. But that is a few months away. This episode is to wrap up the spring. And yes, by wrap up, I think you can um, read between the lines that, uh, that not the best news coming down the pike for the Shepherd softball program. Like I mentioned, and like I mentioned two weeks ago, we had a pretty good idea that the Shepherd softball program was going to get a regional bid. Um, even though they were bounced by Westchester in the PSAC tournament, um, you know, earlier than they wanted to go, they still were able to secure, Shepard was still able to secure the number two seed in the Atlantic region um, of the Division II softball tournament. So that was great news. Again, something that we expected just with such a good season that Shepard put together, you know, over 25 wins and, you know, just you knew that they were going to get some some seed in the region. You just didn't know where where that was, kind of where it fell. But Shepard ended up taking the two seed. Um, going through that region really fast, again, this is the Atlantic region of softball. Kutztown was the number one overall seed uh, with a 31-12 and 12 record. Um, Shepard was the two. 26 and 12. Westchester was the three at 30 and 14. Again, Shepard and Westchester kind of had that history right before as well. East Stroudsburg was four at 26 and 14. So your first four seeds are PSAC schools. That should tell you uh, a lot about the PSAC and, and from a softball standpoint, um, you know, just how powerful that conference is. The fifth seed was West Liberty, the automatic qualifier from the Mountain East. And then uh, the sixth seed was Claflin. West Liberty was 35 and 15, excuse me. And then Claflin was 8 and 1. They had a shortened season, but um, were the automatic qualifier out of their conference. So they were the sixth seed. So that's how the, the top six kind of um, stacked up in the Atlantic region. Now, for those who aren't necessarily familiar with softball, it's double elimination, which 
is interesting and provides a very interesting format um, for a bracket. Basically, you know, the winners would advance like a normal bracket, but the losers will go down into a loser's bracket. And, you know, in theory, there's going to be a team that comes into the last day and could potentially win two in a row to, to kind of steal it, if you will, steal the, the regional title from that team that's that's won their way to it. Um, or the, the team that's has a loss and won their way to the um, regional championship could just win one game and, and be done. So it's kind of interesting for people, you know, I've, I've, I enjoy softball, so I've watched tournaments before and paid attention to brackets and things like that. So it definitely makes sense to me, but it was kind of interesting for people who maybe haven't ever been around softball or looked at their, you know, a double elimination bracket like this. And it's just, um, you know, it, it to me it adds a little more drama on that last day because it's possible. Uh, but you know, you know, hey, if, if whoever won their way to the finals, if they can take care of business, one and done, they're moving on. So, what I want to do, obviously, I'm going to talk about Shepherd's games in the bracket, but I want to just, you know, briefly kind of explain how the Atlantic region went down. So, like I said, Kutztown was the one seed, Shepherd was the two, so they got that first round by. So game one of the tournament was number four, East Stroudsburg, against number five, West Liberty. And West Liberty took that game seven to zero. So again, West Liberty moves on to face number one, Kutztown. East Stroudsburg drops down into that double elimination kind of day one. So one team is going to get bounced the first day because they're going to take two two losses in those three games. So East Stroudsburg moves down to to the evening game of that day. In game two... Uh, this is May 19th, we're talking about. Westchester, the number three seed, took on Claflin, the number six. The winner of that would face Shepard. Westchester, uh, they beat Claflin 10-3 to move on to play Shepard. In the third game of that day, Claflin and East Stroudsburg were playing, and that's in the afternoon game. And again, each of them already have one loss, so whoever loses is out of the tournament. So Claflin ended up losing to East Stroudsburg 5-1. to one. So they got bounced in two games and were done. That took us to game, to day two, excuse me, and this is where Shepard started to get in on the action. So Shepard was playing their um, familiar foe from the last few weeks, Westchester, in game uh, five of the tournament. And... You know, going back a couple episodes ago, you know, Shepard had the lost the three-game series against Westchester in the PSAC tournament, um, two to one, and you know, just kind of a sour taste. And then Shepard had to do something which I don't think people necessarily give enough thought to. And I know that you know, Coach Leslie and Coach Slattery would never like say this as an excuse by itself. But I do personally think that it plays a lot when you have two weeks off and you don't play anybody, and the team that you're playing not only has already played a game in the region because Westchester was the three seed and played on game one against, I'll say, a fairly weak opponent in Claflin who only played nine games on the year. So, you know, not only did Westchester play through the rest of the PSAC tournament, which they earned by winning, um, nothing against them, but then they also kind of got a warm-up game on the first day against an opponent that wasn't at their level then they're coming into that game against Shepard on the May 20th, having really not had a break at all in their season. Shepard had got bounced a little bit earlier in the PSAC tournament than they wanted to, and then had to wait with that first round bye. So, you know, a lot of times people are saying, well, first round bye, that's great, right? That's a that's an advantage. 
in, in a lot of ways it is. But this is one of those scenarios, and I was talking with Chip Ransom, our SID, about this. Um, this is one of those scenarios where maybe getting the two seed and having the buy kind of hurt Shepard. Because if you get the three seed and you get to play a Claflin, now look, again, I don't want to openly just disrespect Claflin, right? They could they could have won, and, and I mean, they earned their way here, I guess. But they only played nine games on the year. The team they were playing, Westchester, played 44 going into that game. So one team played 44, one team played nine. Anyways, the score showed that, um, you know, maybe a team who played nine games. I mean, I know they were the automatic qualifier, but maybe they shouldn't have been there. Anyways, if you put Shepard into that game, you know, they can knock off, a, a, you know, some rust of a couple weeks of not playing and then go into a Westchester, right? You're not playing the same Westchester team four or five times in a row. Um, you know, again, we're getting into kind of semantics and what ifs and stuff, but it's just something that I was, um, you know, that I kind of thought about and Chip brought up. And again, Coach Leslie and Coach Slat, and I'm sure that the team would never even remotely say, hey, that had anything to do with it, right? You got to, you, you win the games that you're in. You, you win the games that are put in front of you. But I thought it was interesting. And I thought this was a perfect example of where getting that two seed in that first round by actually kind of maybe hurts you because you don't, you know, you got to get the engine going. Well, instead of getting the engine going against Claflin, who played nine games, you're getting the engine going against Westchester, who beat you best of three a couple weeks ago. And it's kind of like your boogeyman, right? We got to face them again. So anyways, all of that, all of that to say, in game, uh, it, well, I, I should probably say in game four, which is the first game of that May twentieth, uh, Kutztown, the number one seed, actually lost to West Liberty five to two. So the one seed goes down in the morning. Shepard plays in game two of three, the middle game of that day against Westchester. So, um, you know, kind of, you know, I think you can get from my tone and kind of the way I phrase things. Shepard actually drops that game against Westchester, the first game in the regional tournament, nine to seven. Uh, you know, it really was one of those games where Westchester was just kind of poking a few runs. Going into the sixth inning, they were up 3-0. to zero. The sixth inning had nine runs scored total between two teams, and the seventh it had four. So you can see, again, you know, Shepard, in their last, in the sixth and seventh inning, they scored seven runs. So it just took them five innings to get there, uh, to get the engine going again and to get going. Whereas Westchester, you know, they poked across a couple runs. Um, and were able to manufacture some runs at the beginning, but um, Westchester took the game nine to seven, out hit the Rams of Shepard nine to eight. Westchester had three errors, Shepard had had two. Um, so again, Westchester kind of started out with just poking across a couple runs, and then Shepard really kind of turned it on at the end and made it a close game. Um, you know, I mean, look, going into the bottom of the sixth, Shepard was down what eight eight to nothing. Yeah, eight to nothing, and they they got four in the bottom of that frame, and three in the next came up just a little short. Cameron Davis went two for four with three RBIs and a run scored. Kyle Condon went one for two with two RBIs. Allison Baker one for four with one RBI and one run. Nicole Patel one for four with a run. Isabella Fort two for three with two runs. Tori Seymour one for three with a run scored. So there's your eight hits, your six RBIs, um, and seven seven runs. Um, scored for Shepard. On the mound, Katie Lang got the start, only went two-thirds of an inning pitch, got a a, a, a hit, knocked right back up the middle, uh, and hit her, and she left that game injured uh, fairly early. And so, you know, there's a, it was basically fireworks right off the bat. The first Westchester batter was actually hit, and then Katie Lang goes out after two-thirds of an inning. Sarah Lamper came in then, went five and a third, 
gave up four hits, six runs. Four of them were earned. Walked seven and struck out two. And then Ashley Maiden came in, pitched a single inning to close things out. Gave up two hits, one run. It was not earned. Um, no walks or no strikeouts. So, you know, I, I'm not a I'm not a softball coach, right? I've made that. I think I've made that clear on Beyond the Horns with all of our episodes. You know, when I'm commenting on the games, it's 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 purely from a fan standpoint. Um, you know, I'm sure Coach Leslie or Coach Slattery could sit in here and and maybe explain better as to the the feeling in the dugout or you know maybe some reasons why um, it took us a minute to get going to start collecting hits you know the beginning of that game from a shepherd perspective was pretty boring you know we were we were holding them down three runs over five innings against a team like a westchester who hits i think it's a really good uh you know a really good start but we just couldn't get anything going ourselves right you couldn't get that hit that you needed to to get a you know one run on the board if you're down 3-0 Going into the six, you know, if you were able to poke across two runs, three two looks a lot different than three zero. And then, you know, to go beyond eight zero, the fight that the Shepherd Rams showed to even get back to nine seven is I applaud immensely. But if you had scored one or two or three runs in those first five innings, you're looking at a ten nine win. And I know again, I get I'm dipping into the what ifs, but my I guess the point that I'm trying to to make a long road here to a short thought is. You know, just a little bit too late for Shepard, right? If you if you could score a little bit in those first five innings, one or two runs, then I think I think mentally, like I'm a believer in the mental side of the game, then I think you feel like you're in the game, and then I think you can start to piece things together. So, I know going going kind of quick through um, through that game five of the region, the Shepherd's first game against Westchester, but a nine seven loss for Shepard. So what that does is that moves Shepard down to the late game of that day, the twentieth. So, again, East Strasburg has one loss. Kutztown has one loss. Shepard has one loss. Claflin is out with two. So, basically, it comes down to Kutztown, the number one overall seed, and Shepard, the number two overall seed, are in the loser's bracket already. So, that should tell you kind of the, the caliber of the teams in this region. Your top two seeds are, are down already. So, in that game... Um, Again, not a not a good game for for Shepard. Shepard drops that game and is ultimately eliminated from the Atlantic Region, um, two to zero. They dropped a two zero game to Kutztown. Not a lot of scoring in that game. You know, I think it was back to back homers, if I remember correctly, for Kutztown in the fifth inning. Is all it was. You know, Cheyenne Van Pelt was on the mound and she pitched a great game. Really, only missed on two pitches. I mean. If, if you can, if you could have told me before this game, hey, Cheyenne's going to pitch, or just insert anybody, Blank is going to pitch, they're going to miss on two pitches and give up two single shots, but that's it, I'm taking that all day. Like with our offense, with Shepard's offense, you're telling me we, can, we can't score three runs to take the win, but that's why they play the game, that's why there was no deal given to me um, to go ahead and take that, that's why you got to go through it. Shepard was only able to amass three hits on the day, and not score a single run, which for me was has always been something that kind of amazes me when, um, certainly at this level, like the, the Division Two level anyways, of zero runs scored. I mean, that's impressive for Kutztown to be able to do that, right? Deep, pitching-wise and defensively to hold a team to no runs um, is impressive in my mind. But um, obviously in this situation, not impressive because I'm angry because I wanted my team to win. 
let's go through real quick the offense that did happen just because that's what I do for all these games and I want to give the three who got hits credit Isabella Fort one for three Cameron Davis one for three and Kylie Condon one for two everybody else went over which is is pretty rare the usual suspects for for the uh, Shepherd softball program you know Nicole Patel Allison Baker Tori Seymour Hannah Beeler you know these these players that usually are good for a few hits, a few ribbies, you know, they just, they were over. And sometimes that happens. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I could hit any of those pitches, right? I'm not going to sit here and, and pretend like I could do it. So I'm just saying based off of a pure statistical look at their whole year, I mean, every time we've talked about softball and beyond the horns, those names are popping up as two hits, three hits, homer, you know, three ribbies, you know, things like that. If you just get normal output from them, I think you score more than two runs, which is kind of my point that I was trying to say at the beginning, you know, with this Shepard team, with what they've shown just purely statistically over the course of the year, you know, I would have, I would have thought that, you know, I would have taken that bet. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Two runs? We give up two runs? Do you think we're going to win? I would have said probably, yeah. Um, but that's not how it goes. Like I said, Cheyenne Van Pelt, I already kind of mentioned, she started on the mound for Shepard, put in a great a great game. She pitched six innings, gave up six hits, two earned runs, walked three and struck out eight. I'll take that every day of the week from my starting pitcher. I really will. Um, you know, sometimes you need both to win. You know, sometimes you only need one. You out hit them or you out pitch them, but sometimes you need a little bit of both. And this was solid pitching by Cheyenne, and just couldn't make up for it on um, on the offensive side. On for Kutztown, I, I guess I'll say this just because I think it's impressive to not give up many runs. Amber Bruger, I believe, is how you say her name. She was the starter for Kutztown. She was thirteen and six on the year, so solid pitcher for them. She pitched seven innings, gave up those three hits, no runs, walked two, struck out two. Just great defense. Uh, behind her as well. So basically what that means is Shepard was bounced. They played two games, lost both, and they were out of the tournament. Um, just to kind of walk through the rest of the bracket for curiosity's sake, um, I know Shepard, this is a Shepard podcast, and there's not much more Shepard on there, but I, I know a lot of people pay attention to the PSAC schools. So what that did was that moved Kutztown into game eight. Um, the, again, we're on the loser's bracket right now. So East Stroudsburg beat Claflin. Kutztown beat Shepard in the loser's bracket, so those two went ahead and played. The next day, May 21st, the first game of the day was actually in the winner's bracket. West Liberty, who was 2-0 at that point, and Westchester, who was 2-0 at that point, played. Um, for the, the winner would have a spot in the championship, and this would be that, that team that goes into an undefeated that just has to win one, and they're there, and they will play whoever comes out of the loser's bracket. Well, Westchester took that game over West Liberty, 6-2. to two, So they're sitting there waiting to find out who they play. East Stroudsburg and Kutztown played. The loser goes home. The winner continues. They're, they're on life support because their next loss is they're, they're out, but they get to continue. Uh, East Stroudsburg, excuse me, I'm about to say Kutztown. East Stroudsburg beat Kutztown 6-2. to two. So your first two seeds were out very quickly in the tournament. East Stroudsburg moves on to play West Liberty, um, and East Stroudsburg also beats West Liberty. So East Stroudsburg, basically, from the very beginning, were on thin ice, and they made it all the way to Game 10, which was the game where Westchester needs one win to win the region. East Stroudsburg needs two to win the region. Um, and Westchester took Game 1. They made quick work of it, 2-1 to one to win the region and move on um, in the in the tournament to, I believe, is it the World Series? It's the Final Eight. 
D2 is different from D1. D D1 has the super regionals, and I'm, but I'm pretty sure this, this is the, the final um, eight. Let me, I can check on this real fast because I have a computer. Two, four, six, eight. Yes, the final eight. They were gonna, they will be the seven seed playing St. Anselm. So uh, there you go. Good for Westchester. You know, I'm at the I'm I'm that kind of fan where if my team is out, I usually go for the conference. You know, whoever is left in conference, I just kind of find myself going for them because I think in a way it just brings credibility to us. It brings, you know, we play in the, if, if they go in and win the national championship, you can say, hey, we, we played with the national champion all year. And I know that's kind of a um, a, a mentality, like a, a mentality that some people don't really like. You know, it's a not, we're not, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a, um, like a mental win or a you know a feel good win not like an actual win on the field so uh, but that's fine I, I that's just who I am and that's how I that's how I go so to wrap all of that up softball they made the region as the two seed that's a huge accomplishment they had a great season finished twenty six and fourteen on the year um, you know amazing as the pitching continues to mature as the offense continues to kind of settle in you know we have two solid coaches at the top. We're just going to continue to get better playing against PSAC schools and iron sharpens iron type of thing. I think, you know, it's going to be tough competition. But I think, as you saw with the Atlantic region, four teams, four of the six were PSAC schools. So that just tells you I think Shepard's in a good spot from a conference standpoint and uh, should only improve in the future. Disappointing end of their season. I know they were um, not incredibly happy and rightly so to, to come back to campus so quickly, but just want to say congratulations to them on a, on a great season and we'll see what happens uh, we'll see i believe it's this coming weekend i think 27th is when the next round of the division two the final eight the elite eight of the division two softball um tournament kind of starts so be curious to see who who comes out of division two hopefully it's it's westchester um, in my opinion but we'll see what happens so Moving on, just switching over to baseball. I believe when the last episode, we didn't really know what was going on with baseball. They had just been bounced by Millersville in the conference tournament. They ended up finishing eighth in the region, and they took the top five for the regional tournament. So Shepard's baseball season is done, um, certainly sooner than they wanted it to be, um, obviously as well. But, you know, hats off to them for... Just getting, and this kind of goes for all of our all of our programs, the ones who played championship seasons and one the ones who didn't. Just being able to get out on the field again, get out on the court again, um, you know, bring some sort of the normalcy back. And um, you know, my hat goes off to to all the coaches and players and and staff here who were able to work with COVID protocols and the conference and everything to make sure that we get it got a majority of these games in. And, and I would say, just off what I have heard, obviously I don't have any numbers that I can share or, or you know, throw out there for this, but, you know, Shepard, I think, did a pretty good job compared to most of our opponents. Um, we didn't have too many games canceled because of COVID. We didn't have too many games, you know, COVID on our end. Um, you know, I think we did pretty good overall from a testing standpoint with thousands of tests that we did over the last few months. So, kind of since this is kind of a uh, sign off for the spring of 21 you know I wanted to just say one more time um, congrats to everybody and and for Ram Nation I know it's hard to visualize but a lot of work went into this season on on our end from a staff standpoint from a coaching standpoint from a student athlete standpoint sacrificing things so that they would be able to play um, sacrificing some of their collegiate experience if you will so that they could play and um, and yeah I my hat goes off officially to them again. I know I've said it before, but definitely goes with them again. 
So switching gears, basically that means that the spring athletic season is over at Shepherd. So now we're gearing up for a summer full of events. Football golf tournaments coming up on June 18th. Ramfest is in August. You know, those little things that um, that we do every summer are uh, are on the radar for us right now. And so starting to work into those. Um, before before I kind of wrap up this episode, because that really wraps up a lot of the content that I had, I want to do a quote, and then I just want to run through a couple quick stories that kind of seals off the spring um, for our baseball and softball programs that I think, Ram Nation, you guys want to hear if you haven't already read about it. I think will be something that you guys want to hear um, because sometimes it goes a little bit further than than the wins and losses and the hits and the stats and stuff. You know, it's recognition from the conference and, and things like that. So I want to go over those and then maybe just talk really quick again about my plan moving forward for the summer and then sign off. So really quick, let's break things up a little bit. want to do my quote of the week. This was not one from Carlos because Carlos is still a busy guy. Um, hopefully we can have him on this summer as like a guest. If we do a little surprise episode with Carlos back, I think that'd be amazing. But this is something I looked up and I think, you know, this is wrapping up, if you will, maybe season one of our podcast. And I think this ties into, to the pod, but it's by Zig Ziglar. And it says, he says, you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. You don't have to be great to start but you have to start to be great. Uh, I think that is brilliant. I think it applies to essentially anything that you needed to apply to for your life. Sometimes you just got to go. You're not going to be perfect at the beginning. You're not going to, heck, you might not even be good at the beginning, but you got to start in order to ever be good or to ever be great. You have to try. And the way I kind of tie this in as like a, a, a final quote, if you will, of season one of Beyond the Horns, you know, we, being Carlos and I, had this idea to start this podcast, but we weren't given any money for it. We weren't, you know, to start it. We weren't given really any time. We both have other, many, many other jobs that we have to do. This is kind of a, can we fit this in and make it something that works? And we both felt strongly, and I'll I'll speak for him, you know, that this could be a cool new outlet, right, for new content. And I think, you know, seeing the results and the statistics of our listeners, and we have a, a lot of people who listen to this podcast, and, you know, hopefully whether it was the interviews that we did when we didn't have sports or, you know, the spring trying to really talk about what was going on and give you kind of a quick 30, 45 minute shot in the arm with what's gone on at Shepard the past week because it's easy to miss things. You know, we felt like that was something that we really wanted to do to provide another creative outlet for Ram Nation. But we weren't really given anything to, to start it, right? We had to kind of come up, up with it ourselves. And we knew we weren't going to be great. I'm sure for those who listen every week, and if, I'm sure if you went back and listened to episode one, two, three, you'd be like, wow, this is terrible. And I know Carlos and I have done that too. We've gone back to the first couple episodes and been, wow, we, um, we're not perfect. I would even say we're great yet, um, 34 episodes into it. I don't even think we're great, but we're a lot better now than we were at the beginning. And that's why I think this quote is is cool overall, but especially in, for me in terms of beyond the horns, is we weren't great to start. But we started and we're on our way to being hopefully great or hopefully good at least. Uh, something that Ram Nation 
likes to listen to and, and, and uses as another form of um, getting their shepherd information, if you will. So that's why I chose this quote. I thought it made a lot of sense for me personally and for everyone personally in your life, but then also um, for Beyond the Horns and kind of what we wanted to do. And um, we've, we've come a long ways and hopefully into the next year, two years, we continue to take steps make it a little more professional, better quality, you know, that stuff that we're mindful of, we're always trying to work on um, and, and go from there. So to finish off episode 34 really quick, I want to just go through a, a few stories that you may have missed um, pertaining our spring athletes. So um, the first one, I'm going to stick with kind of with the softball theme, if you will. Uh, Katie Lang was named the PSAC softball champion scholar. Um, the league office put that out, oh, maybe a week ago now, two weeks ago. Um, she's the first one that Shepard has ever had in softball. And basically, the, the PSAC Champion Scholar Awards, they're modeled after the NCAA's Elite 90 Award. And basically, honor the, the student-athlete with the top GPA who is competing at a PSA school, PSAC school in a sport. So... Um, Basically, Katie Lang had the top GPA in softball. Um, she had a 4.0 GPA, measuring a secondary education here at Shepherd. So just kind of a cool honor. And I know that's something that we harp on a lot, the athletics, right? Athletics, 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 wins, losses, hits, stats, you know, strikeouts, RBIs, buckets, threes, you know, just name it. We, we talk about that stuff, right? But I think sometimes, and I'll just speak for me, like sometimes I forget because I've, you know, so far removed myself from college that that these student athletes are exactly that. They're student athletes. So they got, you know, they have classes. They have to go to classes. They have to do homework. They're, you know, retaking tests. They're making up homework assignments. They're doing them on the bus on the way home. You know, at the hotel, they're they're trying to hey, I gotta I gotta watch a lecture. I think sometimes we forget, or at least I do. I shouldn't say we, but I forget that hey, they don't just play softball. Katie Lang doesn't just play softball. Katie Lang plays softball, which has huge time requirements on top, and she's just a normal student majoring in secondary education, and she was able to get a four point um, which is wild. You know, I didn't do any of that stuff, and I didn't get a 4.0, so, yeah, props to Katie. But I think that's something that Ram Nation, uh, I wanted to make sure you guys were aware that um, that our, our student-athletes are killing it in the classroom, too. Um, the next story, four Rams on our Shepherd baseball team, they gained all PSAC East honors. Um, Jared Carr, Adam Miller were first-teamers, and then Caleb Walls and Dalton Stewart were second-teamers. And, you know, really... That for anyone who's followed along with the Shepherd baseball team this year, that really shouldn't be a surprise. I mean, Jared Carb, what did that? 375, 48 hits, over 128 at bats, drove in 41 runs, you know, 12 doubles, 11 homers, just an offensive machine. And then he, you know, he had a, a perfect fielding, fielding percentage, no errors or anything. So, yeah, first team there. You know, Adam Miller, 4 and 2 on the year with a save. He had 10 appearances, struck out 25, and only walked 3 in just under 20 innings pitched with a 3.66 ERA and a 1.02 whip. That'll get your first team honors too. Um, You know, just impressive by those guys. And then, you know, Dalton Stewart and Caleb Walls, 
Dalton Stewart, what, three, bad at 311, 33 hits, 34 ribbies, you know, nine doubles and seven RBI, or excuse me, seven homers, um, you know, perfect fielding percentage as well with 192 chances. I will take that all day. Caleb Bowles, 395, 51 hits, drove in 37, uh, 23 doubles, which was amazing. That guy was a double machine. Two triples, six homers. A 744 slug. So you get where I'm going with this. All these are numbers are astronomical. So that's how you get all PSAC uh, East honors. And kind of what I was echoing with with softball is really no surprise. You know, PSAC is a very strong baseball conference. Certainly stronger than the Mountain East where we came from. So to have four guys come in and take, you know, gain all PSAC East honors on the first and second team, I think just shows the kind of program that Coach McCarty and uh, Coach Smith are, are I was about to say our building, but they've already built, are continuing to build, let's put it that way, and uh, continuing to bring very successful players through here. And then the last story that I wanted to make sure Ram Nation was aware of, um, Nicole Patel and Cameron Davis gained um, D2CCA All-Region Honors. So basically, that's the All-Atlantic Region team. So even though they went and they lost two and were out, you know, they, they were both first-team selections because it was kind of based a lot on, on regular season action as well. So, you know, Nicole Patel had a year. She hit 450, had 54 hits, 49 runs scored, walked 25 times, 24 stolen bases, 13 doubles and four triples, you know, a 548 on-base percentage, huge. Davis. 398, 45 hits. Um, she drove in 46 ribbies, scored 23 herself, had 11 doubles and 10 homers, and a 761 slugging percentage. So they were basically all region, all Atlantic region um, team. They made that. So, you know, again, just honoring what they've done over the year. And, you know, like I've said, there were some darn good teams in that Atlantic region Westchester, Kutztown, you know, West Liberty, East Stroud, Shepherd. So, Definitely amazing for those two to gain the first team uh, selections for the all region. So wanted to make sure Ram Nation was aware of those things. Our student athletes are being recognized nationally and in the conference of the region for what they're doing on the field and even what they're doing in the classroom, which in all accounts is probably more important. So um, congrats to them if you you know next next season when you're out and around or you know just know that the, these student athletes are putting in some work. Um, not only in their craft, in their sport, but also in the classroom. So congrats to them. So that really wraps up where uh, where I wanted to kind of end this episode. Um, like I kind of mentioned at the beginning, my plan is to maybe do an episode, random episode in the summer here or there, if I can grab a coach who wants to sit down for 30 minutes and do a quick interview just to put something out there. But this kind of wraps up season one, if you will, of Beyond the Horns. Just a thank you again to everybody who who is a weekly listener. We have several of you who you know, have, have come up to me and at games or, um, you know, shot me an email saying, Hey, thanks for making the pod. And hopefully, um, it'll be something that we continue to, to improve at and make better next year in season two. And, um, and definitely look forward to, to, to putting a few out in the summer and then really getting back to it end of the summer when we start, uh, prepping and previewing the fall of 21 season. Hopefully everything is back to normal. Um, and, uh, and, and we'll be back to, uh, to, you know, the fall Shepherd sports season that we're all used to. Before I sign off here, just remember shepherdrams.com is is your one-stop shop. I mean, if you have these stories that I was telling you about, you can find them on there. It's things that come up over the summer 
announcements on you know football season ticket sales and parking, all of that will be on shepherdrams.com. So just another plug, another reminder to to bookmark that or to check that often for all your information. Um, also, you can follow us on social media on Twitter at SU Rams Official and on Facebook at SU Ram Nation Official. And um, and and yeah. So anyways. For Carlos Calderon, who's been absent for the last couple weeks, but I want to definitely include him in the sign-off for Season 1. And myself, Andy Ferguson, thank you so much for listening to Beyond the Horns, and we will catch you here in a few weeks. (laughs) 